Welcome to the new guys. It's your favorite podcast. That's why you're here. You know, I know, I know it is that you were, couldn't wait for this new episode to drop. And here it is dropping right into your heart. I am River Butcher, one of the hosts of this podcast. Uh, I know that you have favorites and they're both of us. Uh, and both of us is me, River Butcher and Gabe Dunn. Gabe, how's it going? Hello. I'm so excited because, um, as you guys know, this is a full sports podcast. <laughs> I'm sorry bam, that bam, I've bam. done. I've, I've Gabe is making me realize that I've somehow <laughs> turned this back into three swings, my former podcast, <laughs> by accident. What's great about that is that you have now a co-host who knows. Well, nothing. sure. That's I mean so... that's what's kind of that's the vibe. You know what I mean? But uh, that you know we're gonna do some listener mail in a second, and I feel like yeah. we we sort of balance that out by like you yeah. don't ever share that I, well I don't read it I don't log into the thing and then you don't share it with me and I, I just mean mm-hmm. that in a neutral way and then I can have you know my sort of like I don't know what this is going to be about thing and I feel like we get to trade that back and forth so I think I feel like that's part of why it works we're an exceptional <laughs> balance guys yes Welcome we to are your, an exceptional balance your balanced breakfast baby <laughs> that's right uh, but Do before we get to the anymore? listener mail okay, <laughs> wait what did you say do they say that anymore? Part I don't of a know. I don't watch breakfast. television on with ads anymore. Although streamers are about to have ads, so <laughs> I just feel like they stopped lying. Like they were like part yeah. of a balanced breakfast, and then everyone was like, "Cocoa Puffs, okay." <laughs> well, the, I mean, the way they got away with it is that they, they used to show all the other stuff you had to eat for it to be acceptable <laughs> to eat Cocoa Puffs, and it's yeah. like, y'all, nobody's doing that. Like we're just barely surviving, you know? Yeah, um, stop lying. I would imagine they still do it in its own in their own way. I will say to follow this tangent a little bit and keep it, you know, nice and podcasty. Um, I kept seeing sponsored ads for that like magic spoon cereal. Have you seen yes. this? Yes. That they're like, oh, it's you know, it's uh cereal done adult or whatever. That shit is ten dollars a box. Are you kidding me with this? Like, I oh, come on. Okay, like, but if that's they ridiculous. If they want to sponsor us. Yes, of course, Magic Spoon, if you like an exceptionally balanced podcast and you would like to be part of it, please send us some of your sweet, sweet $10 a box cereal cash. Um, (laughs) I'll eat it. But that brings us to a great point, Gabe, which is uh, we would like your help um, making this podcast uh, because there's two strikes that happened and are kind of still happening uh one of them and uh gabe and i are both you know like kind of out of work a little bit and we'd like to keep oh, making yeah. this podcast please uh if you want hit the link the co-fee.com slash the new guys co-ko-fi.com slash the new guys thanks gabe and here's the thing that I just want to offer to everybody. We're, we, we are not trying to make money off of this podcast, although that would be nice, but we're not trying to make your money off of this podcast or whatever. We would just like to keep making it, um, and it's hard for us to keep making it without a little bit of financial support. And so it, $2. If you like this podcast uh, and you listen to it, it comes out twice a month. Um, and if you gave, if, if, if most people that listen to this podcast gave us $2 a month, we would more than be able to do it. And we would probably be able to do even more for you with it. So yes. like it, $2 a month would be so awesome and <laughs> incredible if you're, it's possible for you to do that. I also know that times are really tough, which is why I'm asking for this anyway. So it's like, it's all just, you know, it's all together. And uh, if you're able to give us a little bit of cash, via that link and make it I don't know if you can do a monthly thing through that but if you could do a monthly thing of two dollars that would be incredible you can or you can do uh, a one-off but I will say that people that have already done it are we've read some of them but now we have Shane Rachel uh Ray who has a uh monthly awesome. subscription thank you. thank you so much and Kay uh and Kay said Thank you so much for creating this podcast. My partner has found some camaraderie as he starts his transition, and I love listening to find out how best to support him. That's so great. Cute. Yeah, so donate now, and we will read your name on the podcast and your note. And now, interestingly, that actually ties into our listener mail, which is spelled M-A-L-E. That's correct. Okay. Thank you for that. So this is uh, a listener mail from Laura in Chicago, she, they. Hey, River and Gabe, do you have any advice for someone who may be trying to navigate their gender identity for the first time? 
My partner has recently had a radical reduction top surgery. They did so after understanding and accepting how much body dysmorphia affected their daily life. They have also started to come to terms with possibly not being cis and says they lean towards non-binary or agender, but they're definitely not a label type of person and get frustrated overall when they feel they should identify with anything. Do you have any advice for how to be the most helpful and supportive partner to them? How does one feel they belong in the middle of the binary or nowhere at all? Love the podcast. Nothing of its kind. Thank you for doing what you do. Laura in Chicago. She they. Thanks, Laura. What a lovely email. Do you have immediate thoughts, Gabe, or do you want me to go? Well, it's interesting because I think you're trying to understand how your partner feels Mm -hmm. because you're like, what does it mean to feel like you're not, you know, part of the binary? And the thing is, is that Mm -hmm. I don't know that it's so important that you understand exactly Mm -hmm. how they feel, because for me, a lot of it is really intangible, doesn't really make a lot of coherent sense for me to have to explain. Um, Some of it comes out in the weirdest Mm -hmm. ways. Uh, And so I think like in terms of supporting, it's really just like listening and validating and (laughs) not trying to fix or not trying to come up with solutions unless they want you to brainstorm, but just really sort of being like, yeah, that's, Mm -hmm. you know, that's hard. Because I think sometimes mm-hmm. people jump to, well, it wasn't really that bad. Or maybe it was, and I'm guilty of this. I'm extremely guilty of being like, no, 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 it was fine. Mm-hmm. Like they didn't mean, like if you get misgendered or something, I'm guilty of being like, well, I don't I don't think they meant it in a mean way. And it's like, for me, I know they didn't maybe mean it in a mean way. That doesn't mm-hmm. change what happened. So I think just validating and listening and um, asking them truly asking like what do you need from me in this moment do you need me to step in if if the waitress at the cheesecake factory says ladies do you want me to say something yeah gabe that's great i mean i th- i think that thank you for that lesson truly in empathy you know of just like yeah just like listen cuz the thing that's coming up for me is like um it's it's having a balance between being curious um and seeking information cuz i think that's sounds like your partners in in a in a place of of real discovery and the the external world outside of your relationship is like a, almost a constant drum of like well you have to you have to figure out what it is or what you are you know what the label what the you know all these things and i i personally like i don't i don't dislike labels or whatever that's my own thing but I try to just continue to focus on what I what I'm looking what I'm seeking is my identity. What I'm connecting to is my identity, which is not a label. I can't label my own identity. Like a label is from the outside and the identity is from the inside. And so as best I can then try to practice that with other people because like we're in Gabe and I are in the same boat of like being with mm-hmm. people who are beginning to understand themselves. Um in our lives, just in general, you know, um, as trans people, <laughs> you know, so it's like we all do this for each other. So like as best I can return to that and go, OK, how can I just simply experience this person as they are in this moment? Right. Like it's right. truly that over and over and over again. And right. I'm not great at it. <laughs> like I, I fail all the time, you know, Um yeah. And so I guess, you know, uh, and and then balancing that with curiosity of just like within like not bringing, I think not bringing information and, you know, labels and all those things is, is, and I don't think this person's doing it, but just leaving that, leaving that behind, you know, and just like being there for that person, you know, and not trying to, like you said, Gabe, because I feel like the, the, the label thing comes up so much for us as queer people, mm-hmm. especially trans people, um, I think feels like fixing, like you're mm-hmm. saying. I think it can feel like something's trying to be settled and fixed and and these things are not fixed identities. They're not done. It's mm-hmm. like it's a process and, a, and an experience, you know? Yeah. I mean, I love your use of the word curious. I think not ascribing. I think like this person is probably curious about themselves and maybe being able to talk to you and and um, you share in their curiosity of them mm-hmm. without an expectation for answers is is like a really beautiful mirroring exercise. Almost. Yeah, I, I was just going to say this person didn't say, you know, any 
I don't. Did this person share any of their identity in the uh, email at all? Uh, Laura goes by she they. Okay, so we do. Okay, so they're not necessarily like cisgender necessarily. Mm-hmm. I don't know, um, but I feel like at least for me, and I don't know, maybe your partner doesn't feel this way, but um, having someone also, you know, when it when it feels appropriate, and maybe not all the time, but like share their experience of themselves. And their, you know, discovery and their own journey within that um, can also feel good, you know, to mm-hmm. so that I don't feel like I'm the focus of the gender shit or whatever, you know, like that it's mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm this weird thing. And then you're over there with everything figured out or something, you know? Yeah, that's really beautiful. I hope that was helpful, Laura. And even just you asking this shows that you care. Yeah, you're. you're I was going to say the same thing, Gabe. You're totally right. I'm like, if you're... If you're reaching out about it, you're probably doing a great job. <laughs> yeah. You know, and and oh that like reminds me too of like, you know, these things can be difficult cuz it's like partnership. Period. You know, like I don't think gender identity and that journey is any more difficult than any other thing, but I think it's always important, you know, to have your people to talk to about the stuff that is difficult so that then you can show up for your partner, but then also share like, oh, this part is difficult for me mm-hmm. at a time when it's maybe less charged, you know, so yeah. that you can care for yourself and then also be honest and open with your partner if it is difficult for you, you know, because you never yeah. know. I feel like that's something I've always, I continue to fall short in is like, I think I can't share my difficult feelings or like, this is really difficult, you know, oh, man. <laughs> and then I keep it and then it. It, it's like, I don't think, I, I think it's, it's not going to work out if I do, so I don't, mm-hmm. and then it doesn't work out, and then I'm like, well, I, I didn't share what was going on for me, <laughs> you know? So. Yeah, I'm in the same place. I'm in a new place where I'm like, whatever, fuck it. I'm just going to say all my feelings, and if the person doesn't like it, they can leave, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, can't, I, yeah. you can't control, you can't stop people from, like, doing what they're going to do, so. No, and you never know that the thing that I've learned is, like, I don't, how, how do I know that it's always going to end up bad? It doesn't like it's it often opens up everything Mm. so much more that I'm missing out on by not sharing my whole self or what's going on for me or whatever. So so this is beautiful. And I and I hope you guys are gentle with each other. Yeah. And And yourselves and yourselves. Um, Well, stick around. Yeah, we'll be back uh, with an awesome interview uh, with one of my pals and uh, uh, the first athlete on the show, uh, Harrison Brown, after this. Oh my God, welcome back. I am very excited about this guest. I'm excited about all of our guests, so I don't want to, but personally, um, this guest that we have coming up was inspirational to me in my last podcast, if anybody's coming over from Three Swings that I, I did for a couple years, um, they're, uh, what they did, and the, they, they are a professional athlete, um, and he was very inspirational to me what he did in that time, and we'll hopefully get into it. Um, but please welcome to the new guys, Harrison Brown. Harrison, welcome on the podcast. Thank you so much How for are having you? me. I'm doing, I'm doing great. Yeah, no, I'm super That's excited. Great. So I know I described you a little bit, but usually what we do is we have people like our guests get to like uh, explain who they are to the audience so it can be even more accurate and, and personal to you. So how would you introduce yourself to the new guy's audience? <laughs> um, yeah, so I would say uh, that I am a washed up professional ice hockey player. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so none I, of that, I, though. <laughs> yeah, so I played uh, professional uh, hockey in the National Women's Hockey League that has now switched from like the PHF and now it's called the PWHL. So it's gone through a lot of different iterations. But um, I came out in 2016 through an ESPN article as trans and I didn't realize it, but I became the first out trans athlete in professional hockey. So yeah, it was really cool. I played three seasons in the NWHL and I'm a back-to-back world champion. Hell yeah, dude. Oh, oh, and, and because I won a trophy, two trophies, um, I'm the, it's the first trophy that has a trans athlete's chosen name on it, which is pretty cool. Oh, hell yeah. 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 Like in all of sports or just in that league? I don't know if it's all in sports. I don't want to. I don't want to claim that title of in course. case. But I, at least in hockey, potentially. Yeah, at least in hockey. Yeah, so yeah. potentially. Yes. At least in hockey. Mm-hmm. 
Well, that's awesome. You're the first professional athlete on the show. So thank you for checking that one off. Amazing. (laughs) It's great to have you. And I remember that article. And and then can you speak a little bit to your experience of like (laughs) being a man in a women's sports league? (laughs) You know? Yeah. I think like there was like a New York Times article that came out and it was like just being himself in a women's pro hockey league. I was like, that's... True, but I'm like, oh man. Um, yeah, like for me, like I was always in like a single sex environment and like I knew I was trans from a really early age, but I just never played um men's sports. I never played boys hockey at all. So as I started to get up up higher and higher in the levels of hockey that I was playing, like I obtained like an NCAA division one scholarship to play and get my college mm-hmm. paid for, and like so with that, there's like a lot of anti-doping protocol and things like that. So I could not mm-hmm. take testosterone. And it was like, I came out to my teammates in college, but I just didn't want to come out to the public at that point because I wasn't sure if people would take me seriously as a man if I wasn't on testosterone, if I didn't sound like a man, if I didn't look the way that I thought a man should look. Like, So it, it was really tough to actually be a man in a professional women's league. And even now when I'm like talking to strangers, like, what did you do before you got into acting? I'm like, oh, I used to be a pro hockey player. They're like, what league? And I'm like, the National yeah. Women's <laughs> Hockey League or the NWHL. They're like, what is that? I'm like, I don't know how you're going to react to how I respond to this. So it's mm-hmm. it still is like kind of weird in some spaces for me to like be like, yeah, I used to be a professional athlete in a women's league so yeah it's it's a it's an ever changing an ever evolving feeling about it yeah Mm -hmm. okay so you were like i'm not gonna come out because was it did you think it was gonna be met with backlash like did you think that it was gonna be a problem for the league i didn't think it was gonna be a problem with the league um like with with women's hockey, like the uh, the dressing room and like the culture is so LGBTQ plus friendly. <laughs> like it's a surprise if you're straight, pretty much. That's like the trope of being a women's of be playing women's hockey. So I wasn't I wasn't nervous about the league having a reaction, and I didn't. I don't know. I didn't expect. I wasn't really thinking about how the public would react and how fans would react. I was just really like, I need to come out for me, and I did it for me. But it it turned into this really nice experience for me, actually. Like I was like the fan. I was voted one of the fans three stars of the season that year, and my jersey was the top selling jersey in the entire league my last year playing. And the year before that, it was the third selling behind two mm. really high profile Olympians, <laughs> uh, Hillary Knight and Amanda Kessel. And then my jersey was the third jersey in this league. So I, I wasn't I wasn't nervous about how the hockey world would perceive me, but yeah. That's so interesting because I, I feel like like there there is this Republican obviously talking point about like trans people in sports, but they're not thinking of you. Do you know what I yes, mean? Totally. Like I like I've done the thing is like people with trans men playing like the general idea and like the, I think all the hysteria comes around trans women playing sports and people just have this mentality. It's a very misogynist mentality that trans men just aren't a problem. They're just <laughs> not on the radar. They'll never be good. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like unfortunately I've, I'm not part of that kind of conversation and I've technically done it the way that they want trans people to do it, to stay in the league that is like their assigned uh, sex at birth. So there is a little bit of like, fuck, or, oh, there's a little bit of you can like, say whatever shoot. you want. Oh, I can say whatever I want. You can say whatever you yeah. want. Yeah. So it, it, that's a, like as now as like trans people in sports, it's like a huge topic. It's it's interesting to kind of think how I fit into that sort of narrative. So yeah, it is interesting the conversation of like, well, it doesn't matter if trans men mm-hmm. get into sports because they're not going to be good anyway. Mm-hmm. But. Did, were you able to go on testosterone while you were playing? No, no, that was part like the so when in college there was like NCAA policy was like a trans man could could socially transition, but as soon as like a drop of testosterone's in their body, there it violates the rules. And then with the with the NWHL, it was a similar kind of kind of ruling. But the, when the PHF took over as the NWHL, they changed their name. They made a trans policy that did talk about athletes this is after i had retired that talked about athletes being on testosterone and it would be like a case by case kind of thing to see if the athlete could play i i, I didn't i don't think that anybody 
tried that or I didn't see it activated in any mm-hmm. way, but there was that verbiage in their in their updated trans policy, which was pretty cool. I mean, that's a, at least a start, you know, and it's it's funny to yeah. me to be like, well, if you have a drop of test, you know, like the whole idea, I'm not sure what the actual legal precedent for the thing was but like everybody has testosterone in their body (laughs) like it's not you know what i mean like the hormone thing to continue to focus on that is just so wild and i think you know it speaks to the thing that gabe's saying which is like i mean typically in whether it's sports or not really trans men aren't really talked about as any sort of threat other than like we also get kicked out of the bathroom, you know, but like um, the women's restroom that we were using when we just had short hair or whatever. So it's like kind of the same thing. And it's funny to me that people are like, you know, um, with trans women and trans men, it's, it's like, we've been playing the sports. Well, I guess it's more uh, applies to trans men specifically Mm -hmm. is that we've been playing the women's sports the whole time. (laughs) So like, for it to for us to be like then taking testosterone and trying to get some advantage it's like but i've been here the whole time so it's not like i'm all of a sudden trying to infiltrate something this yeah. is not ladybugs the movie um <laughs> so yeah i don't <laughs> i mean i i remember specifically like when you retired that like and it was uh uh very moving to me and I, as, as an athlete who's not a professional at all but as somebody who enjoys sports and loves them for you to essentially choose yourself uh, over your career, but something that was also like probably your purpose in a way at that time, you know, at least for a big part of your life uh, because of rules like this, um, that was like, that had a huge impact on me. So I'm curious if you could talk about like the emotional and sort of spirit aspect of, of that decision and what led, led you to it. Yeah. I think for me, like, coming out while I was still playing, I came out in my second year and I had this really amazing experience being able to have my sporting identity and my identity to the outside world finally mesh in this way. And it was just so, it was just such a relief to be using the the right name, the right pronouns. And I just found like the hockey world had like a little cheat sheet on what to call me. Like, and they knew, they knew I identified as a man and what pronouns, what name it was when I was like out in public that I was just getting misgendered constantly. And, Mm -hmm. um, so I got a taste of what it was like to be treated as a man in, in the hockey space. And it made it really professional (laughs) hockey league. Just want to, just want to, I just want to hit that note again, you know, cause like, we're also talking about like how do how do we do these things, yeah. right? So it's like incredible to me that this space that is so charged that is also like, well, we can do all this stuff, but we can't do this part because we don't know about this part. But it yeah. still was the place that gave you that f- the the freedom inside of you from the outside to be to yeah. be Harrison, to be he. And I would say continue to play with your teammates, you know, like Yeah who are women, you know, and like continue to do this thing. And then, so that's just really interesting to me. And then it makes so much sense that it would highlight the outside, the outside world part of it too, but continue. I just, I just want to hit that one again. It's so funny like the way that you just interjected there. I can literally say I found my manhood in women's hockey. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's really (laughs) interesting. And yeah. um, And beautiful, I think, you know? Yeah, it is. And like, I never felt like I wasn't a man to my teammates. And it was just like this space where it was like this, everybody was just my teammate. And we didn't think in terms of boy Mm -hmm. and girl or man and woman. And it just was this really safe space for me to explore. And I'm sure other people felt that way too. Um, but I, I actually retired twice. So I like retired after that season because I because it was so hard for me. I was like, I yeah. need to be this in I need to be this in all aspects of my life. I'm, I'm 23 years old. I like I feel like I I need to start this next phase of my life. And I remember talking to my sister about it. And like I had um, I had announced my retirement right before I was going into the championship. I was like, OK, I'm going to retire after this and we're going to the championship and it turned into the Cinderella story where we won. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to, I'm going to go out on top. And yeah. it was, yeah. And like my sister is a journalist and, um, she was following my story and really supportive of me. And I remember in the off season, she's like, you didn't even tell me you were retiring. I had to find out through an article. And she was like, 
I feel like you're just scratching the surface on on how you how much impact you can have on the world right now um, mm-hmm. with the, with your story and how many people it can be affected by. And it really put some it really put that thought into my mind where I was like, I think I can do some real good right now, and I can I can have representation in this league because the representation was so positive in in a time where. I think it's even more volatile now. It is more volatile now, but it was it was still volatile at that point, and it was just this 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 happy story that people could point to of a trans person <laughs> being uplifted. And I took some time, and I was I had top surgery all booked, and like I hadn't started testosterone in, or anything, but I had those st- I had those stages, and I canceled my top surgery. I canceled my doctor's appointments and I came out of retirement. I pulled a, I pulled like a, I'm not even going to quote that. Actually, this athlete has turned into problematic. So anyways, I unretired um, as one athlete does. And oh I man, came I back. wish I knew who it was off the top of my head, but I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, and I came back and I played an entire, another season and I'm really glad that I did. Um, it was, it was really an amazing year and I still ended up winning a championship. So I still ended up going out on top. I was going to uh, say, you won great. again? Yeah, I won again. Wow. So, and I, I joined another team actually. So I was playing back in, to back, back to back. Yeah. So I was playing in Buffalo my first season, yeah. and then I was like, I can reach more people if I'm actually in the Metropolitan Riveters. That's what they were called. But we were based out of like Newark, and uh, and I, I was living really close to New York, so I was able to kind of be in a bigger hub and reach more people, I think, through playing and playing on that team. Um, so yeah, it was a really great experience. And I'm really happy that I, cause like I, I had been delaying my transition for my entire life at that point. I was like, okay, what's mm-hmm. one more year. Uh, but then it, so, but then it became really hard at the end of that year. I was like, okay, this is it. I ha- I have done everything that I, that I can. Like I was still physically able, I still loved the sport, but I just was like, I'm, I'm ready for this next phase. The, where are the protests yeah. about you winning two championships in a row? <laughs> yeah. This is unfair. <laughs> Single-handedly through social transition alone, you were <laughs> able to win a women's hockey championship twice in a row mm-hmm. with no help from the other people on the team. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. The, the, there was a man who was taking over this women's league. Yeah, where's the outcry? Where is yeah, it? The outcry there. <laughs> where where is I it? Want. You know, yeah. um, it's well, interesting because it, it, we're talking about like using testosterone or whatever. But like for me, the thing is, is like of course these people are going to be good at the sport. They've been playing the sport. <laughs> like it's a matter of like how much exactly. you've put in and practiced. Like this thing of like, oh well, yeah. this trans person is going to be better. It's sort of like maybe, but probably it depends on how much they've put in. <laughs> like kind of anyone else. Yeah. Well, and it goes, and it goes to, it goes back to the conversation of access. And like, I, I had a, I had, I was very privileged to have my parents pay for like my training. I was able to go to like a specific hockey school. I was able to uh, afford a nutritionist. I was able to afford a weight training person. I was able to afford a power skating, a power skating uh, teacher. So like that also just coupled with, with, um, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's access to, it's access to good coaching and good equipment. That's, that's what made me the the best athlete that I could be. Not, not because I was, can I ask a question? Why (laughs) hockey other than Canadian, I guess. Yes. uh, uh, Canada. Well, the reason why is because I was born, I came out of the womb in hockey skates. That's, that's how Canadians are born. Of course. So yeah. Assigned hockey at birth. (laughs) Yes, I was. No, I'm just kidding. But I um, Ahab. I'm kidding. Um, I used to play soccer um, before that, and like I was obsessed. I I, my one friend, um, her dad was a uh, was an NHLer, and her brother was an NHLer as well. And I just like wanted to follow in her footsteps and everything that she did. So she was playing soccer. I played soccer. She played hockey. I played hockey. And then I just like fell in love with the speed aspect of it. Like, cause I could run pretty fast on the soccer pitch, mm. but then as soon as I got on the ice, I was like, Whoa, I can feel like the wind blowing through my hair. <laughs> it's cold. And then I was like, this equipment makes me feel really cool. And, and I could hit people in this great way. And I just, yeah, yeah. it was the speed and it was the physicality of it that I just was obsessed with. So Harrison, you have to talk about this part of the women's hockey experience because you just were like and i get to hit people um the women's hockey has rules against hitting each other i I thought men's hockey isn't that 90 percent of men's hockey is just hitting each other 
as far as I know. Kind of. I actually went to my first hockey match the other night. I forgot to tell you at the top of this, Harrison. Did you? And I was surprised at the lack of hitting, actually. I was like, I thought there would be more. (laughs) No, the game has changed, um, but it's actually rooted in misogyny why women can't hit. Women could have body checking. like They had the same rules as the men. Uh, I think it was like the 1999 or 1998 Olympics where um, uh, the U.S. teams and the European teams were just like out skating uh, all the other teams and and they were just a lot bigger than the other teams. So somebody came up and was like, we have to protect these smaller girls. They can't be hit this way. So they took out body checking at that at, at that time. Um, so it, it's called body contact. Uh, but... And it's also, it's actually not protecting because like women, um, people playing women's hockey aren't taught how to hit, aren't taught how to take hits because it's technically not in the rules. Women's <laughs> hockey has the highest concussion rate, even more than football in the, in, in college. Isn't because, that nuts? Yes. Because <laughs> you told it's, me this like a month ago and I was like, no insane. shit. Yeah. Because yeah. you're so, you're going so fast. You're yes. going to make. You're gonna make contact. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's such a high paced sport, and there's boards. Like it's dangerous. And like yeah. I know so many, so many of my teammates uh, have have had like six or eight concussions. Like I, I, like Ooh. a girl on my team in college had to sit out her entire last year and be like in a black room because she had because she had so many concussions because it's so it's it's just so this like protect this protection rule actually is does the exact opposite. But but so I am five foot. I'd like to say I'm five foot four. I'm five foot three and three quarters, but I love hitting and I always led my league in penalty minutes. Like I had the most penalty minutes in my college on my college team. Uh, I was a little bit of a goon. Um, but yeah, so there is there is absolutely hitting. You wanted to fight? Kind of. Yeah. It's interesting to me that these like uh, you know, protections, air quotes, um, keep being put in place. Specifically, I mean, I feel like that is the the consistent thing. Uh, with like sort of, you know, puritanical women's ideals or whatever. It's like, oh, women, first of all, like women weren't allowed to play sports, period, for the same reason, because they're going to get hurt. And it's like, well, you're going to get hurt no matter what. Um, And then number two, it's like so funny then also that like, oh, we need to protect women from trans people. You know, like, first of all, you only need to protect women and children from trans people. Nobody else. It's it, men are fine with <laughs> trans people, but everybody else. Um, and so and then it ends up. But my whole point is it's wild to me that just like actual um, data that like removing body checking from a sport that it's going to just happen whether you're trying to or not is like. It's such proof to me that those kinds of protections like saying, oh, don't do this part because you can't do it is like just never going to protect it. It's not actually protecting anybody, you know? No, no. And it's like, why are you doing it? Is it because seeing a woman or somebody that's like presenting female be violent and not follow the Mm -hmm. stereotypical gender norms? Like that's making you uncomfortable. That's something that you don't want to see, something that you think is unnatural. Yeah. It's like, where, where is this all stemming from? And it's patriarchy, Mm -hmm. it's misogyny, it's sexism. It's, it's, it's all the things. The solution to me, because the, the, the reason that it was presented was a size difference between these teams. And, and it actually goes back to what you were talking about, Harrison. It's like the, the countries, I think you said U.S. and Canada being so much bigger, more effective players than these other teams within the Olympic scheme. Like the same thing happened with men's U.S. basketball in 1992. It was like, so it, it, you used to not be allowed to be a professional athlete and play in the Olympics for this reason. And then they changed those rules, you know? So it's like, it's actually more of what you're talking about, Harrison, and like, a class issue than it is, uh, you know, well, these people are bigger, so we got to protect the small people by taking away this whole entire part of the sport or just keep trans people out. It's like, no, (laughs) we just need to like support athletes of all kind, you know? Yeah. And like, it's the only, the only time where size difference is an issue is on the Mm -hmm. women's side. It's like when, when, when men have these natural advantages, like obviously we can harp all we want about Michael Phelps and his natural thing and his, all the, the advantages that he has, it's all celebrated, but it's because they want to police women and they want to, they want to, if you're not women enough, then they want to get you out of there. It's, it's just, it's like, where is this? It's, it's just ridiculous. It's yeah. It's just, it's just ridiculous. (laughs) <laughs> That's a really yeah, good it's point. It's actually ridiculous. 
Yeah, the Michael Phelps thing is like just so wild to me because that dude is basically an amphibian and everybody's like, oh my God, he's so naturally good. And you're like, <laughs> yeah, and it has nothing to do with him being a man. I was just going to say another example of like Zidane Chara is like six foot five. And then there's like Nathan Gerby that, or like Martin St. Louis that's like five, six, five, seven. It's like you're not taking Zidane Chara out of the NHL because he's taller than Marty St. Louis. It's just <laughs> right. it's just like suck it up and play against people that are bigger than you and stronger than you. That's mm-hmm. just sports. You're going to have to elevate your game to beat mm-hmm. people that have an advantage over you. It's that everyone loves an underdog story. So I don't know why they won't let they won't let women play and they won't let. It's just. Yeah. Unless you're a jockey. Oh, yeah, I would be a great jockey. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think the NHL's situation could be in the future? Like, would would trans guys play in the NHL? There isn't any rule that bars trans guys from from playing. Um, I think it's the same conversation as people just overlook trans men and are like, haha, like pat on the head. Okay, yeah, you put as much testosterone in your body as you want. I, I'm sure you're going to do great. And it's it's just people don't think that trans men or somebody that was born a woman or born female can't compete. It just makes them automatically a lower athlete. But then when you look at people like Pat Manuel, like the the trans boxer who he's three time champion. <laughs> he's kicking ass in the ring. Like I watched his I watched his last match and I was like, holy shit, he is just he is he is literally manhandling his opponent. And like, mm-hmm. yeah, you see like Chris Mosier and things like that, where where it's like these people are just great athletes. It doesn't matter how they were born and they're competing against mm-hmm. men and they're winning against men. But people aren't talking about it because that's to, that goes against their arguments. And I, I feel like, too, you know, misogyny is to me a deep root, also the leaves of the tree of transphobia. Mm-hmm. Like it's not I don't ever want to say, well, transphobia is only this thing, because but they go hand in hand. They're not yeah. separate, you know? I mean, it's homophobia too, right? It's like, oh, there can never be a gay football player because what he might, I don't know, he's too gay to hold a football. What? I, I just was going to say, like, everything you're saying, you know, like, yes, okay, sure. Yes, there's these examples of trans men succeeding. It's like at a certain point, we have to admit that people truly think, ultimately, I'm going to say something intense, so prepare kids, everybody, that you have to have, actually, I'm not going to say it the way I thought I was going to say, having certain genitalia makes you better at things. And it's insane. It's actually insane to think that. (laughs) To like, and we are truly, like, I was programmed to think that because I thought I was less than, because I didn't, Mm. you know? It's like, (laughs) you you are just trained to think that. And like, when it, I wish we could all just admit it you know, like, I wish we could just say, like, yeah, I, I, I think somebody's going to be better at football because they have a dick. Yeah. And it's like, that's what you think. Like, yeah, I get that you think that, you know, and it's <laughs> like, we're probably going to beep out that word because I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. But I also think we need to just be honest about it, that that's what it ultimately comes down to. Harrison, like- every month, every every episode, <laughs> I say, I want us to be a spicy podcast. And River goes, no, 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 no. And then he comes in with a spicy take. And I'm like, nope. I feel like scaring a deer. I'm like, nobody. Spicy let River, don't let take. River know. Because <laughs> yeah. it's like my secret plan all along. Let's get spicy. Right? Yeah. So anyway, that's what I think. I, I agree. I agree. Well, because I'm writing a book right now with my sister on trans inclusion in sports. And yes. I've had to reckon with a lot of internal shit. Like I've had a lot of therapy sessions oh, as we're as we are writing this because I'm like, I feel like I should be less than. And and then like also like the testosterone uh, argument and and how somebody has gone through puberty. Like I've I just automatically like been like well yeah that makes sense and they're always going to be bigger they're always going to be strong but i'm like it's not the case and like just studying studying more about like access and um and like funding and things like that it's just that is what makes an athlete mm-hmm. and then like all this conversation about fairness sports are not fair <laughs> yeah. they're not fair they at all they're not fair that's the point i know could you imagine if they were they'd be so boring <laughs> I-, I feel like too just to just to point like out a fair thing right is that I think somewhere along the line, and I don't want to blame any one thing, but I do think that sometimes we get tripped up with the, I personally think that Title IX did not go far enough and it actually got us into a kind of a shitty space instead of being like, women and girls should be playing sports with men and boys. Like, we should all just be playing sports together Mm -hmm. as opposed to separate and separate and separate and separate. And I think that that idea that you could have separation and and, and that be fair 
is faulty, number one. And number two, it has sent, like, it's created this drumbeat of fairness that, like, only really exists on the side of women's sports. I, I don't <laughs> experience men of all kinds ever talking about this isn't fair no. you know like other than when they're they're mad because something sucked you know what i mean like <laughs> that's that's the only time in sports when somebody's like hey this isn't fair and it's like yeah you're losing that's why you're upset about it yeah you know and so like i think we have to do some work to untangle those things like you're saying it's like no sports are is cheating okay no does everybody do it yes mm -hmm. <laughs> you know it's like i don't know I'll, like i don't know man like I, I you know it's it's all about like who are we letting in the door as opposed or like are we taking the door down mm. even you know for the arena to be open uh, yeah and i think the most hilarious like it's 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 hilarious but it's also like so deeply disturbing is like Sorry, why Lance Armstrong? Why are you coming into the conversation about fairness oh and God. trans women when you cheated your way to every yeah. gold medal you you had? It's like yeah, I, I, I uh, yeah, every everything is so backwards and everybody is so hip. It's so hypocritical. It's it's just yeah. it's these arguments are just you can poke holes in it from from every angle. You won a championship, and then two two championships. No, I'm saying Sorry, I know no no. Be... I'm saying so the first <laughs> no. one where you like. Wow, this is wild. And then the second one where you like, this is okay. <laughs> um uh, Yeah, I think like there was like a little bit more of like there was a little bit more pressure in the second one, definitely. But yeah, I was like, I was like, oh, I've already done this. If I don't do it, then I'm a, then I'm then I suck. How do you guys celebrate? Oh, yeah, we um so we we do the thing where we like skate along the uh, around we all pass each other the trophy and then we all take a lap around the rink with it like over our heads and we're like yay. And then somebody <laughs> while we're doing that has like lined up the in our dressing room has lined up the walls with like taped up uh uh, plastic sheets and then we get champagne and we like shake up the champagne and we <laughs> pop it in the dressing room and just like drink out of the cup and uh and then we Did all you have ski goggles for that yeah 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 so we get goggles oh, yeah. as we're going and then yeah we all drink out of the cup and then we go to a bar and just get blasted you all drink <laughs> out of the cup oh yeah this was the days before covid but like i think that <laughs> i think it would still i think they'd still do it but yeah we all yeah well we're it's so incestuous with women's hockey anyway we've all swapped spit in some way or another Okay, that was my next question. I didn't want to get like too spicy about it, but um, but like, yeah, we were talking about how women's sports are so incestuous, and like how I was like, I, you know, watching the the women's soccer can we, stuff. Can we maybe use a different word. Whatever. <laughs> women's soccer is so everybody dates each other. Yeah. Blah blah blah. Okay, whatever. Does it and, with each and other. so women's sports. And so <laughs> sorry. Whatever. No, okay. okay. So women's sports, it's like so it it's like I was asking you if everybody dated each other in hockey and you said yes. And I was like, see, that's the type of drama. Like watching the women's soccer team, like knowing the drama and the divorces and the breakups and stuff, like that's the type of drama that you're never gonna get in men's sports. Because I was saying it's never gonna be the two quarterbacks dated each other and now they're facing off in the Super Bowl. <laughs> like where is I say dream big, Gabe, and never say never. Yeah. It's gonna get there. <laughs> It's gonna Where we is, have like, yet they just to broke up that. and now they're both like the 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 point guard and shooting guard on the same team, but they broke up. Well, like, where is that? This is why we need professional gay men's dodgeball broadcast. <laughs> I was just talking <laughs> so that about we could this have yesterday. This experience. <laughs> oh, were you? You were. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, there's cornhole on television. We could have gay men's dodgeball. Yeah. You know. Or kickball, whatever. Yeah, my, well, I play, my boyfriend plays gay dodgeball and then I play gay kickball and we had like a straight league come and they were like, can we practice with you guys? Our championship is tomorrow and you guys have booked the field. And we were like, sure. So we're practicing kickball. This other league comes and they're practicing kickball. And at a certain point, the, the girl was like, are you guys? And we were like, yeah, yeah, this is a gay league. And she was like, oh, <laughs> cool <laughs> I was clearly very much like what is this oh, wow sometimes straight people are really straight you mm -hmm. know what I mean their team was called Merlomania if that gives you any sort of oh. <laughs> sort of live laugh Wait, love what's your situation team called? yeah what's yours what's your what was your team called my team is called daddy issues because gay people <laughs> don't deserve rights <laughs> because we're all disgusting <laughs> yeah <laughs> so Harrison, are you now that we're kind of on that topic? Are you do you still play sports now? 
So I did play gay soccer um, uh, for a bit. Like, so I, I, so I retired and I was like, I need to take some time away from hockey because I'd spent like mm-hmm. 16 years of my life, like seven days a week playing hockey. And I was like, okay, I need a little break. Um, and so I did that. And, and I just, I didn't know where I fit back in hockey. Like I started to like get a couple acting gigs where I had to send in some, send in some skating things and had to skate on the ice for a couple roles. And I was like, oh, I really do miss this. And I just couldn't figure out where I where I wanted to play. Like I didn't want to play in a women's league anymore, but I didn't know where I fit in the men's side. And the men's side of, of hockey is a whole different conversation of, of, of how LGBTQ plus people are included within those spaces. So I was just a little bit nervous. Uh, but yes, but actually I just got back yesterday from, I went to Wisconsin and I got to play in um, a friendship series between um, Team Trans and Matt and Madison Gay Hockey Association, so <laughs> it was like seventy. Se- we had they had five teams of trans people. There was 70, wow. 70 trans athletes, trans and non-binary athletes that made up five different teams of like Holy different shit, skill levels. Awesome. Like it was, it was so amazing, and uh, I just had such a great experience. And for me, it was like the hockey dressing room like you everybody showers together and like the showers are quite like open and like for me I was like I don't know how I'm gonna feel coming into another space with this body and I just didn't have to think about that this weekend and I showered beside like a trans man and we like shared beard oil after the after our shower and it was uh, and like the trans women in the room were like get that beard oil away from us we spent too much money trying to get our beards gone and it was just it was such a sweet experience and it really did ignite even more um, of a need for me to get back on the ice. Uh, But yeah, it was really, really, really special. That's awesome. We need like the trans hockey rom-com because you can actually skate. Like we don't need, I I hate when it's like, their face and then they just show the legs and I'm like that's not them <laughs> do you see Molly's game with like Jessica Chastain yes! <laughs> oh man <laughs> I've tried to watch that movie so many times on planes and I just it puts me right to sleep so I love thank that you movie. I do for but that yeah, watch that back <laughs> there's also this one I forget what show it was like a 90 show where they're like meant to be ice skating but it kind of pulls back and they're clearly walking on the, like they don't even hide it it's so <laughs> funny well, I, I also love that 70 people, it just, I, I often, I try to catch myself these days saying like, there's nobody's doing this or there's no one, whatever. And I think no place in my life does it happen more. And it's not necessarily coming from me, but just the assumption that there aren't trans people doing it because we always see the one it's like, you're you Harrison were the one who was on this, you know, particular stage or whatever. And you also were, so not to diminish that, but, but you know, it's like people just assume this is all I'm seeing. So that's all there is, you know? And it's so wonderful to know (laughs) that there, and, and it's just like wonderful. Like I personally am like, please not, please don't only make trans leagues now because that's not going to be great because there's not enough people for it to be. And again, separation is not the answer. However, it's awesome to, I would imagine, get to play with as a man with other women also. Yeah. You know, yeah. Who also happen to be trans, you know, because like I like I like playing sports with women mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Like I don't I I have truly loved playing sports with men, cis men and other trans men. It's it's been something that I didn't have. But I also didn't want to have to give up playing sports with women. Because no. I like playing sports with women. <laughs> you know, it's like I always enjoyed it. I didn't like the way the thing, not the other women, but the thing made me always have to play, which is not the way I wanted to play. I don't know if you had that experience, too, of like a tamping down of, I don't know, aggressiveness. And I saw it happen to other, you know, other people who weren't boys in my league as well for other reasons. But anyway, that was a long thing I just said. So I don't know. I don't know if you had that experience growing up playing sports. I'm curious if that ever happened to um, tamping down the aggression. No, like as I, as I mentioned earlier, I, I led my like college league in penalty minutes. And like, I was like a little, <laughs> like I said, I was like five foot four and I was just this wrecking ball that just kept r- yeah. going around the rink. Uh, so no, like my, my aggressiveness was always actually quite, um, 
celebrated. And it, I think it's the reason why I made like Team Canada an under 18 team, like because I was like just like a third liner that could just like crush people. <laughs> so it was, yeah, it was something that made differentiated me, especially with my size. Mm-hmm. I had to do something. Um, so yeah, like I really enjoyed that. But yeah, no, I I really enjoyed playing with with women. And it was only it was only like the outsider's perspective of me being among women. Like I loved mm-hmm. all my teammates, like the the friendships that I cultivated and like the lessons that I learned through these women and how like, like femininity is not something that I shy away from now. Like it's something that I like really embrace because like these women showed me just how like strong being feminine is. And uh, so Mm -hmm. I, I I have a lot of, uh, I'm so grateful for my experience, like growing up as one of them for, for a while. I think it's just like, made me a, a more, I think if I was like a, if I was just like a normal, not, not normal, if I was just like a cis dude playing hockey, I think my mindset would be very, very narrow. But yeah. And then like mm-hmm. being in the dressing room with trans women this past, this past weekend and just changing and just being free in the, in the, in the dressing room, just being teammates with people. It was just really, mm-hmm. really nice. And I learned a lot from, from them as well. It's just opened my eyes to the different experiences that everybody has. And I think that that's really, really special. And if more people had that, we wouldn't have such bigotry out there <laughs> i know <laughs> and we wouldn't have to be so scared of each other yeah because that's incredible to like just consider like oh my god men and women changing together you know yeah and it's just like we're trans so we're like yeah i don't i just don't care you know yeah. like it just i'm just happy to be here you know <laughs> i gave like, up i used to care like going to the spa i'm like i don't care it's this is a you problem like i don't i don't give a fuck like i was like i went on the at a bachelorette party that I was the only guy at because I was sort of grandfathered in. Uh, I went on the men's side of the spa, which, by the way, I had to spend the whole day alone. All the women got to go to the spa together. I was by myself. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and, but I was like, people were walking around a certain way. I was like, whatever. If someone's going to step to me, they'll step to me. There's probably security here. Like, I don't, it's like, what, what are they going to do? They're going to come up and yell, like in Ojai, whatever. I, I don't know. I, I don't know where the sort of, blind confidence of like this is your problem (laughs) but i kind of thought it would be embarrassing for them to have an issue Mm -hmm. which is kind of a weird yeah i don't know yeah i have a question what makes someone good at hockey because sometimes it's like you're saying you're little but you're a wrecking ball and then like i imagine it's it's quick thinking and strategy too so like what makes someone like okay like they're listening i'm like you gotta do hockey I think definitely like skating, like you have to, you have to, as soon as you see somebody skate, you know, if they're competent or not. I think the skating is the biggest, is the biggest thing, um, working your edges and like just being able to get around. Um, and then I think like, yeah, stick handling and shooting. Like, I guess I'm just going to like label all the skills. Like, uh, (laughs) like, yeah, like the stick handling and shooting is a big thing. Like if you can get it, if you can get a shot off quickly, if you don't have to like have the big wind up, if you know how to do like a snapshot. And like, I think it's just being able to do all these things as well, while keeping your head up and having good vision of the ice, because you could stick handle all you want with your head down in between your legs, but you you can't see the people around you so i it's just like it's an it's like an innate kind of like hockey sense is what it's called where you just can understand the ice and like understand the bounces of where the puck's going to go and uh, yeah I, I i don't know i don't really know i think skating's the biggest thing i mean it's just cuz you have to see the little puck with the big with the big helmet on <laughs> and like it must be like it must just be like whiz 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 because some sports are slow you know oh it's so yeah it's so fast and i think that that's like some people are really good practice players because they're really good at their own little skills but then when it comes to the game time where you have to like how you have to read things you have to see like it's, it's such a fast game if you can't keep up with other people then yeah you're you're screwed wow not for me but i love it for you <laughs> <laughs> so harrison Tell us a little bit about what you you've sort of mentioned this in our conversation thus far. But um, so let us know like what you're up to now and like what your post sort of post hockey career is these days and like what you're working on. I know you mentioned a book uh, with your sister. So like, let's get into that. Ooh. Yeah, for me, like hockey was my life. And when I retired, mm-hmm. I was at, I was pretty depressed for like a good year. Mm-hmm. I was like. I was told where to be, what to eat, what to do, 
every hour of the day. And then suddenly I just had all this free time and like all my teammates, mm-hmm. all my friends were my teammates and they were playing hockey. And I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't have anybody to hang out with. And then Scarlett Johansson tried to play a trans <laughs> character. Oh, and then yeah. I was like, oh, this is cool. There's a gap in the market. And I was like there, I was doing like a ton of like public speaking interviews and uh, I was getting followed around like documentaries and stuff. Um, So I was comfortable being on camera, comfortable memorizing lines. So then I was like, why don't I try acting classes? So (laughs) now I have made the switch over to being an actor. So I've been an actor for past uh, five-ish years. um, And now I'm starting to get into uh, writing. So that's something that like I wanted to just take control of, of the narrative. I wanted to create characters that I wanted to play. I think getting... Like there are mm-hmm. some really great trans characters out there now, and I think there's a lot more intentional writing, um, but there's still not enough. And I found that some of the characters that I was reading, I was like, this is this is quite tropey. This character is quite two dimensional. And I really wanted to write stories that I wanted to see at a young age. So I've just written a sh- I've written a short and I've written a pilot as well. Um, but the short that I've written uh i'm in the process of getting it into production so it's been really really cool i've built a team and it's going to be an all trans and non-binary film crew and the only people incredible yeah the only cis people involved will be the cis actors that have to play cis characters for the story to work um Mm -hmm. but it's yeah it's been really really great um we just finished our promo video so we're cutting that and then we're we're gonna have a kickstarter out next uh like at the beginning of this year of next year Um, so we're hoping to get film, we're hoping to film that early next year as well. Um, so that's really cool. And it's about, it's about a trans man and it goes like, it flips, uh, at two stages of his life. So it goes back into Mm. like his college, his college, uh, days. And it's like this, it centers around like this frat party that he was at where he meets this Mm -hmm. frat guy and he is just like accepted as a dude. And he did, he didn't Mm -hmm. think that he would be accepted because he's playing women's hockey and he can't be on testosterone. (laughs) So it's this whole story where he's had this first experience of male camaraderie and uh, this male bonding experience. So I think it's going to be really great. And then Mm -hmm. I'm writing a, the trans inclusion, um, uh, book with my sister our manuscript is due in january so that'll be out probably 2025 so i'm like nice. slammed right now with all this <gasps> stuff but it's but it's oh, yeah. really That's cool so great yeah yeah it's a lot of a lot of trans joy is happening this year so hell yeah love that and i guess i would also just ask because we have a lot of folks write in um because we have talked about sports because i am on the show yes um, <laughs> Who who are asking about, you know, playing and like, can they do it? Should they do it? Like all those things. I know I know you come from a long term, you know, athlete background, but like, is there anything that you would sh- like just I don't know, some more trans joy that you could share um, with the folks who are listening who want to play sports but are afraid of it? Like, do you have any like words to share with those folks? Yeah, I would say like it's so like doing something new for your body, like it doesn't matter what age you do it at. Like acting was something really new for me and it was and it was really humbling to be a beginner at something and to just kind of learn a new skill and to meet new people. Um, but I would say like this team trans thing that I went to, mm-hmm. I, I was able yeah. to see people like, so there was five different teams at each different skill level and like L- I was able to play on each team I made sure that I, I was able to go on the ice with nice. every team for some some parts and the L1 team like the the first level uh there was people there were people that were like in their 40s and their 50s that were just starting Aww. to yeah they were just starting to <laughs> learn uh to skate and to pass and it was just such a, a a beautiful environment where people were falling on the ice and everybody was like it's okay good job and like celebra- <laughs> celebrating yeah. the little things because yeah. i think in this in this age of technology we're all we're all like comparing ourselves to other people and i i think it's just really important to to <laughs> I don't know. I think it's just really important to celebrate all the little the little milestones that you have, mm-hmm. like the first goal that you have or like yeah. the first the first assist that you get or the first time mm-hmm. that you that you hit somebody on the ice. <laughs> um, yeah. But I've just seen a lot of firsts and there's a lot and there's there's something so exciting about a lot of firsts and just this 
this aspect of play that I feel like we lose as we age. People don't think you can play anymore. And like, yeah. not just necessarily sports, but that you can be playful. And I think mm -hmm. that, that playing in sports, it just kind of brings you back to this childlike mentality and this childlike wonder that you don't really get in a lot of spaces. Yeah. And yeah. and it's not it's not just for young people to experience that at any mm -hmm. age. It's just, it's so important to to explore that aspect of yourself and to, and to just get back to your roots is what, what you felt like as a kid. I love yeah, that's that. Awesome. That's such a good place <laughs> yeah. to wrap. Yay. So where can people find you, Harrison? You already mentioned your, you know, your book coming up, your short coming out, your Kickstarter. Where can people um, follow you for when those things happen? Yeah. So Instagram is probably where I'm most active. So my mm -hmm. handle is hbrown with an E on the end, yep. 24. That's my handle. That's also my my X handle. I hate that I just said that X. Yeah, yeah uh, sure. Twitter handle. But yeah, <laughs> uh, that's that's where you can find me, and that's where you're gonna get all Great. the updates. You also see my cats there. So if you like cats, <laughs> I have two bangles that are named Mike and Donnie, Michelangelo and Donatello. So if you want to keep cute. up with that, nice. they're also yeah. there too. Oh Beautiful. My God, so cute. This podcast is edited and produced by Logan Castrodali. Music by Atlas Bishop. Art by Maya Scarpa. Email us at thenewguyspodcast at gmail.com. Bye. <laughs>